Welcome back to Ready Said Live. This is Tyler, and today we'll be tackling our personal top picks from the 26 cards revealed in the last week. As of recording this episode, almost three fourths of the cards for the first set of Disney Lorcana have been revealed, and we want to make sure that we bring you guys quality analysis of how these new cards will define the game. Note that these choices are our personal picks, and while we enjoy this game, we are not experts on what the meta will be like come August 18th. Before we get into it, please remember to like and share the content, as well as subscribe to the channel. Every bit of support helps grow the channel and bring new content to listeners like you. This episode is also sponsored by Texarkana Podcast Studio. Wanting to start your very own podcast or voice web series? Well, Texarkana Podcast Studio is the place for you. Whether it's true crime, sports, murder mystery, or a fun card game you want to talk about with your friends, Texarkana Podcast Studio is here for all of your recording needs. Check out the link in the description below to schedule your first session today. Texarkana Podcast Studio, where your voice is heard. Ready, set, draw! Well, guys, this last week has been ridiculous. Yeah. So many cards dude it's the march to gen con man like they decided it's happening we whether we like it or not we're getting everything i've it's it's been honestly insane how much like we've blown up group chats and if you've checked the twitter how like whenever whenever any new card gets revealed it's like a frenzy of like every single creator just like we got something new and everybody's freaking out and everybody's like trying to share their opinions. And like, it's something that we, d- we honestly didn't expect we would actually have to deal with to consider it a problem at all. Like I remember the first, maybe the third episode. Or it was so, the third episode. Yeah, we we were joking about, about like, you know, I think they're probably going to just man. hold it and slow trickle. And la- the previous two weeks when we got like five cards and then like nine cards, we were like, dear God, we're being bombarded with cards. No. And then, they casually drop 26 in seven days. Yes. It's, it's it's crazy. It's there could crazy. be another one right now. I was about to say, I was like, let's no, not. I'm, I am keeping the Twitter open because after what happened last week, within five minutes of wrapping the show, Gaston gets revealed. And I'm like, if we just would have kept talking for five more minutes, we could have had a breaking card on the podcast. But yeah, it's it's honestly so many cards that it's unrealistic to just sequentially go through them one by one and actually have an entertaining show that doesn't get repetitive. Oh, yeah. So For sure. The, the topic for today is really going to be how deck building has changed with all these new cards because undoubtedly, memes aside of this changes everything, all these cards, especially with Thank a lot you. of the uninkables we've seen, it immediately makes you reevaluate which uninkables you put in your deck because your deck can only have so many of them and because it can only have so many, realistically, it can have yeah, so many of them. It can only have so so many of them to be functioning properly. It immediately makes you say, like, every time a new emerald uninkable card comes out, you immediately think, how much? How does this compare to like genie or beast wolf's bane cards yeah. like that? Where you're thinking, like, does this play into the same strategy? And if it does, what would it kick out? So we want to give you all a deck building perspective on the cards we're discussing. But we also want to start the show just by getting some card reveals that we cared personally most about in the form of like a top three from each person. So we'll run through these real quick. Pretty much cover about 12 cards of the 26 revealed, but no worries. If you want to look at the, the, uh, the picture that shows up on the video version of the podcast, we'll have all the cards that were revealed 
uh, for each ink color at some point in time. We'll kind of bring make sure they're all represented on the video, but we're really going to hone in on 12 in particular and then discuss them in a deck building perspective. So looking forward to it. Tyler, you want to kick us off with one of your one of your top three of the reveal oh, recently? Yeah. By the way, Gaston is the first card that was revealed chronologically that we did not cover, for all those wondering. Yeah, and I don't particularly want to talk about it because it was a severe <laughs> letdown for me. So I'm just going to move past it and talk about easily one of my favorite cards and definitely going to be a card that I put into a deck is Musketeer Tabard. It is a four-cost uninkable, which that part kind of sucks, but everything else about this card is busted gas uh it's all gas it's it's like they went to the exxon and decided to get just all the gas ultra premium ultra (laughs) premium uh so it its ability is all for one and one for all because why not put it all on one card Uh, and two for t uh whenever one of your characters with bodyguard is banished you may draw a card just a note, if you have multiples of these on the battlefield, it procs every time. So that it will see one bodyguard. If you have three of them on the battlefield, you're drawn, to, you're, you're drawn three cards. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. In testing recently, there were two played against me. Oh, yeah. And I love it. Every time I knocked out one of those Simba child protective cubs, <laughs> he drew two cards. <laughs> And it immediately made me reevaluate if I even wanted to bother. You hurt the children's, and he made you yeah, pay for it. It honestly lost me the game that I decided to to get rid of the first Simba because he had played out his hand, and I really just needed to listen to my own lesson and just quest away and let him do the trading because I went ahead and said, you know what? I really don't want you to like value trade me, I guess. So I'll go ahead and just use this Aurora to get rid of that Simba just to get it out of the way. And then that opened the floodgates because the next two cards he drew were were both Tinkerbells. Oh my and it, gosh! It, it ended things. So yeah, it's a you, you don't want to swing into bodyguards, but sometimes it's a necessity. But overall, I love this card. It's so much, such a good card. It's definitely one of the top uninkables in steel. I think it it contends with it, grab your sword depending oh, on your sure. strategy. That's one yeah. of the nice things about it is it's not every deck that's going to have to have it. Mm-hmm. It just depends on your bodyguard count, how many you have. They'll actually trigger this. So it's an uninkable, which we always say is like, there's only a certain amount of slots you really want to devote to that in a mm-hmm. deck. I'll devote four and to this. Exactly. This, this in, would be the only, strategy, the only uninkable I'm dropping X four. bodyguards, whatever that number ends up being, you go, oh, well, I'm going to run two to four of these. I mm-hmm. mean, depending Easily. on how many you What's have. What's your number? On how many of these? Yeah. I mean, if I'm no. a bodyguard, bodyguard dot deck, I'm running no, I all mean, four. I mean, like, what's your bodyguard count that you would say... I need to strongly consider maxing out on Musketeer tablets. Maxing out. Yeah. Playing four of. What's the number for you? Probably twelve. Twelve bodyguards? Yeah. I think at eight you run two. So you're saying three unique bodyguards at four of. That's enough for you to yeah, run four? I think twelve. I think twelve is enough to say your percentage of the deck, twelve plus these four, you're almost at fifty mm-hmm. percent of your deck is bodyguard related. Yeah. You know, no, so, I agree with that. So yeah. I, I think to max it out at four. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if you hit eight, toss two in these in for draw power. Yeah, yeah I it's mean, because I, I think that's still enough, especially if it's stuff like lower, like Simba's and, and lower cost yeah, bodyguards, it's even better. At 10, at, because honestly, w- with only eight bodyguards and throwing two of these in, you're only looking at about a sixth of your deck. It's like, like a tiny mm-hmm. engine. Yeah, in your it's deck, a not very, the whole focus. it's a very small engine, mm-hmm. but it, it's a, it's a usable deck or it's a usable engine in there. And 
you know me. I, I'm I'm all about my value train. Yeah. So in my Amber Steel Musketeer slash bodyguard deck that I kind of uh, put together for testing purposes, um, I run 16 bodyguards. Holy four Simbas. Smoke. Yeah, I love four, it. Four Goofies, four Mickey Mouse Musketeer, and then four Hercules. Which and that's even better. Yeah. I just said minimum. Yeah, yeah. Min- yeah. So I feel... Like I'm just getting so that's much bread. Twenty cards devoted, yeah. counting the four. Yeah, and it it's works. A, so it's fifty percent of yeah. your deck. That's yeah. some, it is. It's something with with bodyguard to keep in mind though. Is like if everyone's a bodyguard, then no one's a bodyguard. But that deck also specializes in like having super value lore batteries that you want to stick behind them, like your Mickey Mouse true friend. And your Kristoff. Is Lilo that, in that deck? Lilo is not just because of uninkable okay. count. I had to grab your sword and Tinkerbell gotcha. situation. Gotcha. Um, but that would be a card I would strongly consider if I want to bump up the uninkable count. That would be the one I would add. Sadly, it, it may be weird, Tyler. And Alex and Anthony, tell me if I'm if I'm making a grave mistake here. The presence of Musketeer Tabard and the lack of other card draw in the game, this card and its uninkable status, more often than not, especially in that bodyguard deck, has me cutting fire the cannons. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just... I I'm could just, definitely and, and Captain see Hook, that. I'm just like, you know what? I have grab your swords. I'm devoting to the board anyways. I don't really worry about early board contesting that much because they're going to have to deal with me and We've I have Tinkerbell. Too, still has gotten too many tools to do damage to characters mm-hmm. where Hook and um, fire the cannons being, I mean, upwards to six to eight slots of your uninkables... Is almost mm-hmm. getting unplayable, if yeah. I dare say it. I mean, you got to be a specific deck, but when you have Tinkerbells out there, which is inkable, you you have the board wipe with the uh, grab your sword. Those cards are taking it up a notch because it was, oh, I got to take care of your your stitch before you shift it. Well, now mm-hmm. it's like, I'll just take care of most of your board. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Eliminate the problem and yeah. then eliminate everything else. So it's it. I agree. It it mm-hmm. is one hundred percent getting to that like starting to get cut. In a lot of people's decks, I mean, it's crazy because it was like absolute staple when yeah. we first started the game, but now it's like, wow. Yeah. It, the uninkable really, really shakes it up. Yeah. I think to, it is a perfect segue to Anthony. You One of your top three that is also a steel card that got revealed today. It's a, uh, it's, it's quite the beauty of a card. Okay. So whole, a whole new world. It's an action song, uninkable, five cost. And it says a character with cost five or more can sing this song for free. And it says each player discards their hand and draws seven cards. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we talked about this in our previous. It was the episode. It was, with, yeah, it was the. Uh, it was the last episode has, of Sugi. Has that has that dropped yet? Yes. yes. Yeah. No, I mean is like it? oh oh it was ours, but it wasn't his. Correct. Yes, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It okay. Emerald Inc. It was ours. Okay. The Emerald Inc. episode will drop by the time this episode drops. Okay. Awesome. Oh, sick. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So right. we we talked about that. We were um t- we were we were asked the question of what kind of cards we were looking forward to, mm-hmm. and this was one of mine. The the Professor Sycamore from Pokemon. The that kind of lineup. Mm-hmm. The discard and then like it it offers so much versatility. I really love it because like. It can disrupt your opponent's plans. It can help you reset your bad hand. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! And it's it's an uninkable card too. Yeah. So it, it automatically enters that same conversation that Musketeer Tabard did, but uniquely, I think a whole new world shines in the other kind of deck that Musketeer Tabard doesn't. So like Musketeer Tabard, you want that critical mass of bodyguards. 
bodyguard heavy decks aren't necessarily going to be super aggressive. So the thing is, whenever you build a super aggressive deck in Lorcana, you can already assume that you can you can already assume that basically you are going to be dumping your hand really quickly. And if you know you're going to be dumping your hand quickly with a bunch of low cost stuff, let's call it like a steel amber deck that's not musketeer based. Right. Because we know we're eventually going to get there. Or Maybe you're playing Steel Amethyst. I know I've tested that deck out before, and you play a lot of low-cost stuff that you want to challenge the board quickly, disrupt, and then use Amethyst to refill your hand. Well, congratulations. You got a whole other tool that whenever maybe you didn't get your friends on the other side early, maybe you want to do something different, you have something that whenever you're maybe sitting with one card left, maybe two cards left, but your opponent was playing a slower strategy than you, and if you're playing heavy aggro, they usually are, you are always going to get more of a refresh than them. Oh yeah, for sure. So to, what to are piggy, the thoughts? To piggyback off the Amber side situation and the recursion player that I am, with Amber it discarding your hand and filling mm. up that that uh, discard pile or banished pile, mm-hmm. um, using Hades and using part of your world to get those back is absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's why I'm glad to have, be on this podcast with you because I never thought about that. Yeah, so the yeah. discard part, it just... That part is just like one of those cherry on top type things. I, I mm-hmm. do love that it is, like we discussed for Pokemon and Professor Sycamore for your hand, mm-hmm. but it can disrupt your opponent, and you, you're you playing the card. So if you're in desperation and you need it, you don't really care what your opponent gets, okay, you're yeah. playing it. Your opponent's got a big hand, you got a small hand, you use it strategically. Yeah. So that's the key thing to remember with this card. The the only struggle with it is it is uninkable and yeah. still is fighting for a lot of uninkable slots I, right I now. I will say you're right. This card shines when it is done in surprise. Yes. And so a little bit of insight to our play styles as individuals here for all the listeners. Every card game we've ever played together, our very own Tyler has a character trait that shows up when he plays card games. Dang he it. loves friendly banter. He loves talking during the game, making jokes about his situation, talking about how Trash's opening hand was. If he draws something good, well, that's going to help things. He's just being fun. He's having a good time. But I'm going to call you out. You always telegraph your play when I, you're playing like that. I can like just that. picture as long as I can make it to turn five. Yeah. <laughs> Middle, yeah, he's playing a game. He's not doing very much, but he's like, don't worry, I'll be fine by turn five. Yeah, and you're like, exactly. oh, well, you have a whole new world in your hands. So. See, here, here's the thing, My hand's though. trash, with, I'll be fine this, by turn five. With yeah. this card, I, I would say that. And then play it turn three because I have a card already on the on oh the aerial yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Even actually better. really good that's good yeah <laughs> I'd be like so, like oh man well if I can make it to turn five like, what's happening on turn five and then I start developing plays and oh and, but the thing is in steel the beauty is you could be talking about grab your sword yep exactly who yeah. knows there's there's yeah so, so just many for really time. really good cards yeah thank the, you thank you for throwing thing, me under the bus I appreciate yeah. it the, well it's you know you're our friend so we can say things like yes that. yes you can people in the comments it, definitely do not make fun of Tyler for <laughs> telegraphing his place but if you do I understand yeah. <laughs> so I just want to say like as far as the deck building with this card in particular because we'll get into like specific decks later I think this deserves a slot in any aggressive steel deck. It deserves a, your first look. Do y'all think there's any deck that this obviously is like hard pass that combines with steel for y'all, like how it plays? Um, I don't think I would necessarily want it in the Musketeer build like we were mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. I think I, you'd I rather control the board with stuff like uh, Grab Your Sword and mm-hmm. you're not with the, the Musketeer tabards, you're not going to most likely need the draw seven. Yeah, you're not going to need mm-hmm. the draw power. So it it will definitely be the, the more 
other draw power in your deck, the less you'll need this because it's uninkable. Yeah. You know, so if you have uh, other draw power, especially like friends on the other side, if you have Amethyst yeah. in your deck or something like that, the more other draw power, the less you'll need something that I think the control decks are not going to like yeah. this card because they want to have cards in their hand constantly, but they don't want to get rid of the, yeah. the cards that they already have. Unless so there's I think some Emeralds, weird recursion in a different color, like Emerald can get actions back. Yeah. Which gets this back technically, but yeah. I mean... Um, I, I, but I, I don't believe that Emerald is going to like this. So I think Emerald yeah. Steel probably doesn't like this card. I, th I think, I think they have enough recursion on their own with certain other cards that I think the. It's going to be interesting because I could see where certain decks play like two of, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's the thing though. It's like with it's... a card like this with card draw, it's weird because when you play four of this especially the fact that the card says draw seven. If you only have one copy of this in your hand and you play it, you are more likely gonna than not going to see yeah. a second one in your second hand. Yeah, And for sure. because it's a song, especially if you're playing an aggressive deck like I mentioned, you can reliably, with a low curve, sing it, discard basically nothing, have all your five ink left to play out threats, and then you just sit there singing, you know, oh, you're singing a whole new world. But, I mean, the uh, you're basically thinking like, I'm, I'm yeah. Gucci. I'm gonna play another one of these. You don't know I have That's another why one of these. I, I do think Amber and I will say Emerald as well to an extent will like it because it will be able to use right now those discard piles. I, yeah, I think that's just like it's the part of like going. Oh, we have draw power to. Oh, we have draw power plus. Yeah. I might be able to have even more value from other mm -hmm. cards in my deck. So it'll it'll depend on those builds. Um, it's definitely going to be one of those always fighting for a slot. It's just going to be one of those hard, hard ones to make a slot. Yeah. I know we're getting ready to move on to an, another car, but do you guys think we'll see this car in another color? Ooh, like this exact effect or like, yeah, this or exact something effect. close to so it. I don't think or, or something close to it. I could I, see like an inkable card that costs less and it may be like five, three costs, right? three costs, discard three cards for your hand, draw Ooh, three. Kind of like an yeah, end. Like Something yeah, like yeah. that. So Where, it refreshes yeah. your hand and stuff, and it's inkable, but it's not, you're not gaining advantage. Or, or, a, card, or a card that, that it costs less, but you, uh, instead of discarding your hand, you put your hand back into your deck and you draw less cards than what you had. Yeah, we need more shuffle yeah. mechanics too, which would be nice. Yeah, I, I think this card is costed specifically because it interacts with your opponent, because like we've been discussing, if they're not playing Amber or Selective Emerald, if you're if you're going against like an Item Slingers deck when in Sapphire and Amethyst, or you're going against a a Ruby Steel deck of your own, you you do this to your opponent and you're removing everything in their hand. They are not going to see Mickey BLT again with what the cards we know now. So this is like literal hand removal. It's hand disruption, kind of like Black and Magic, and I think that part is what would get cut off. So to your question, Anthony, I think that a one-sided A Whole New World actually could cost cheaper if it was in a different ink because I think Steel only got this effect because it was two-sided. Like it, both players are going to get seven and Steel wants to be aggressive anyways. If it was one-sided... If it is, all I will say is if it is one-sided, it has to be uninkable because it yeah, would and be and way also, too good. Yeah, and it has to draw less than seven. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I would. I Three to see five. This, Wherever I can see this at. like discard your hand, draw four. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Or shuffle Sapphire your hand and draw four. Yeah. Shuffle your hand, draw four. So if that's close yeah. to it, I would say nothing, nothing will be exactly like that. Yeah. That's a wheel of fortune for magic right there. For yeah, multiplayer, for multiplayer, yeah. that is going yeah. to shake things up. So, yeah. Which is, that gets slept on a lot. 
Multiplayer does not get discussed with these cards enough, but a lot of these cards, like Grab Your Swords, everybody thought, one-sided board wipe and 1v1, sweet. But no one's thinking, Gosh. I just did two to every single opponent's thing. We've played Commander. How often is a one-sided effect cost-efficient like that, where you Game. could do it for free? Game extender. Yeah. You're thinking the game's about to end. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, one-sided <laughs> is crazy. Yeah. Absolutely it's like crazy. a cyclonic rift. Well, looks like Maybe my Saturday is ruined, but <laughs> just put all y'all stuff in your hand and I'm going to yeah. keep playing. Oh yeah, my I, gosh, in Lorcana, that'd yeah. be crazy. Yeah. Just don't play Ink Destruction, please. Please, please don't. Please don't do cyclonic rift in this yeah. game. That's just bad. <laughs> all right, so I guess we'll segue into our next card, and I'm going to start off with another steel card. Mm. I'm going to save my best one for last, in my oh. opinion. Okay, so, okay, okay. Listen around. Maybe oh, you'll yeah. find out Maybe what you'll is. guess. <laughs> Take your guess now for what Alex's favorite card is. So my first one is going to be Hans, 13th in line, which is pretty crazy. Um, he's a four-cost inkable, 3-3, three, three, that can quest for two lore. His ability is stage a little accident. Whenever this character quests, you may deal one damage to chosen character. And is also an incredible musician. <laughs> for those of you who got that reference, good for you. So this card... We didn't. I, I, you did? Don't you even did? start I with did me. Not. Oh, I did not. I did not. Oh, my gosh. You Hans did. Zimmer. Oh, wow. Okay. You went know, there okay. with that. I wasn't even thinking that. I wasn't thinking composer with his title name. I was name. thinking, wow, this thing can quest and deal damage? <laughs> Great musician. So once again, still proving to get another control card and mm. more damage, which mm. to me is absolutely insane, and that it can quest for two is awesome. I mean, this card... I mean, it's, in my mind, this card pushes the threshold pretty hard for four-cost inkables because mm -hmm. it being able to do multiple things at once is just kind of crazy. I mean, there's it's not a whole really lot good. of things that do it's that besides, like, support characters, but you're still using someone else. Yeah. So this is really going to be good. Aggro is proven to get hit against a lot now. I mean, yeah. it's definitely going to be... Only in Steel, though. That's yeah. the thing. Like, aggro just has to watch the meta, essentially, as exactly. it unfolds. So Steel is definitely proven to be that more controly damage centric color and mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I really like this card. Um I'm, I'm I don't know. I just think it's very high up there. I would expect I would have expected if you would have told me everything about this card but not the lore count, I would have guessed it was one lore. Exactly. Yeah. But it's two. So you're telling so you're me you're wanting to quest. You basically have a Kristoff, but for one extra ink, I get payoff when I quest. That is immediately slotting into those decks, like I was mentioning before we were started recording, like about like lore batteries hiding behind bodyguards. That sucker's going in a bodyguard. Yeah, because he's hiding he's behind perfect. the bodyguards and he's pinging the little. Yes, it is perfect. So one damage may not be a, a kill. Sometimes it is, but usually by turn four, those are kind of handled. I would say with one damage for him at, at turn four in the game, what it does is it makes your trades way more efficient because it takes that threshold of like I need to get to I need to be able to handle four willpower like a goofy is out or something maybe I have something that can deal three damage like a smash but that's not going to handle goofy well he quests on turn four and then you play smash now you've handled the goofy kind of in the same aspect the card that we talk about a lot grab your sword mm, yes. to everything and this is the little finisher just to mm -hmm. oh I did two all your stuff and then I'll and you know he'll probably be able to quest on the turn that you play Grab Your Sword, That's whether what I'm saying. you sing yeah. it or not. Yeah, Exactly. So he will be that way to get a little bit more damage. I mean, he would kill or banish one on the other side of the board, you know, mm -hmm. if, if 
you're playing a mirror match with steel decks. Yeah. That three threshold is a number that's getting easier and easier to get to, mm-hmm. which is showing that four is kind of very important yeah. now. It's real strong. The stats are a little weak for a four drop, but it's not obscenely weak. I mean, it you really compare it to even in Sapphire, what typically has strong lore counts. Like, I can't believe this card is steel. I'm just... It, Sapphire has this exact card with no text, and it has one more willpower, and it's Maleficent Sinister Visitor. That rarity, you, though. Yeah. This is a, what is a super rare? Yeah, it's yeah. a super oh rare. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hans. Well, got a yeah. super rare, everybody. Yeah. Hans has two <laughs> cards revealed, and they're both nuts. What do you know? Um, the thing is, with this guy, before anybody else, y'all can, I'll open the floor to y'all to say whatever you want about this. I love that this card is introducing persistent damage, kind of like Tinkerbell has on, an, on a condition you already want to do. If this was like when it banishes something deal one, I'd be like, okay, great. Another card that cares about challenging. But uh, you, just, you want to quest in this game. That's what you have to do to win. So you're already, anything that tacks on rewards for what you want to do to win with efficient lore, oh my God, it's so good. Love it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that it's a great card. I think, just kind of like what you said, the fact that it has two lore and on that body just seemed very, I wouldn't say out of place, although it does kind of feel out of place, whereas the expectation... The damage which, yeah, is all that keeps the, it in place. Yeah, I was know? just like, okay, four, that makes sense. Three, three, that also makes sense. Ability makes sense. So one lore, right? Oh, two no. lore. What? Pushed. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, what, ra- what, what rarity are you? Oh, super rare. Okay, never mind. That makes sense. Yeah. It all checks out once you look at the bottom. Yep. So I actually think, yeah, I mentioned this on Twitter. This card, I know it's not exactly the same, but it functions very similarly to the support mechanic in that when you use support, you grant your strength to something else so that you can quest, and you grant your strength to something else so that it can finish the job. This guy gets to quest, and then grants that one damage technically to something else. But what's better than this about than support even is like you get to you get to like do this without having to have a second body. But I'm going to segue that to my my favorite one of my top three, I'll say, favorite cards revealed thus far. Something in testing that I've been really loving is the Scepter of Arendelle. It is a one-cost inkable sapphire item. And it says command is its ability it can exert and chosen character gains support this turn so one of the beautiful things and i'm going to let this segue to tyler's card we don't have to talk about this long it's a cheap item helps with aerial helps with any item strategy it's inkable so it's flexible at any point in the game and support that is flexible towards what you put it on means that any character you have that has high lore value in Sapphire, which has plenty, immediately becomes busted. Like, way too good. So, my favorite target for this ability in testing is Tyler's next card for his top three. Go oh, ahead, Tyler. Wait, I want to oh, talk, talk about this a little bit more. Okay. Okay, <laughs> we're going to talk about your card in a second. But you're well, good. Because take a guess, I folks, on what card that I, is. I, because I'm, I'm questioning whether or not we're going to be talking about the same card because I... I Okay, so yeah, we are talking oh, so, about the same so, card. Okay. That, Go so ahead and good, say it good, then, and we'll talk about this as yeah, all. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it as a whole. It can be so, yeah, a discussion. So my, mm-hmm. my, easily one of my second favorite cards uh, that has been released in this last week is Mama Mal, Maleficent Uninvited. She is a five 
inkable, which is cool. Um, she's a three six, so that's a that's a body beef. It's all the beef. Um, three freaking lore. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! Three lore and just a five drop. I mean, obviously, you know, without talking about the other Hans that that came out because I mean, we talked a little bit about the other Hans. He's a three lore, which battery is, is three three lore battery, but. That, Gosh, that three six, it's so much body on the back end. Like yeah. read that flavor text. The, <laughs> it's probably my favorite part about this card. She had no invitation and needed no introduction. Beautiful. But yeah, no, it it, it works. Gosh, it works really As well. As a pair, they're both very they're good. They're very, very so what good. what were you gonna share about Scepter of Arendelle? So Scepter of Arendelle, and I wanna say the classification of these cards. I really enjoy the item cards. That are granting keyword abilities. Yes, in for every sure. single ink. I, I think we kind of speculated in other episodes what it would be. I never once thought they were going to give support to something yeah. like that. And like how y'all are talking about anything that just naturally wants to quest no matter what. Why not tack it's on support? Gra- it's gravy. It's gravy. Yeah. I mean, the Maleficent is great. I mean, so many. Anything I think that quests for three lore. It's great. I don't care yeah. if you add on to a Moana and she only gives one mm-hmm. one uh, strength somewhere else. Holy cow, that's still good. That's a game changer. That right there, combined with the Hans that we just ended up talking about, it's questing oh, yeah. for the one to deal one and, and giving then giving support to something three. else. Yep. That's so good. That's power. That's th- Yeah. I uh, love cards like the Scepter that are good early and late game because Scepter can be good to just fill in your turn as a one ink card. It's really easy to weave in in the early turns. So let's say you're on turn four, but you have a three drop and a scepter. You feel pretty good about playing both because you know that scepter not only is going to give that three cost a little more oomph, it's also something that like, maybe you had a different one cost. You need to do the scepter later. It's an item. It can use its ability immediately. So you can use the scepter as surprise factor. You have a board established and a scepter in hand. They start questing because they know nothing on their side. You would they would have you would have to like double challenge. God forbid you have to double challenge to get rid of their something. Well, now you don't. Exactly. I have a scepter and, and it was cheap. And, and even I mean, item decks are going crazy over this mm-hmm. too. I mean, even with Maurice himself. I mean, he's a two seven, so he's still mm-hmm. got that big old willpower it's, as it's well. Still so two. he quests for two lore. I mean, you don't want to leave him open because you want him to draw your cards for you, but it will draw a card. You can literally use it the turn you play it. And then give Maurice support. Let yeah. Maurice give his support. I mean, there's just so many things that it can do. It's just it's it's gonna be in a lot of decks. Sapphire Steel Loki really good. Yeah. Sapphire Steel's getting really, really strong. It's a it's a starter deck, so I imagine that some of these cards are gonna have some synergy. Yeah, for sure. In there. Especially the vanillas. Oh yeah. I expect the vanillas to really be prevalent in the starter decks. So it's but good. But Mama stuff. Mal, man. Mama Mal's it's it's a great card. It really is. It, combined with everything else, it's it is very solid. Um, so Ant, all right, what you got for us, bud? Oh, another card. Is is there another mother coming here? Mother knows best. <laughs> it, there is another mother. Action song, three cost, uninkable. A character with costs three or more can sing this song for free, and its effect is return return chosen character to their player's hand. So half of Genie, half of Genie, and Ooh. I think it is. I it's think it reinforces my opinion that Genie is really cracked because if you take away this three cost and Emerald away from an Emerald Genie, 
that tells me that for for playing a six cost genie, minus the effect of Mother Knows Best from him, you still got a three cost, three four evasive that quests for two. That's nuts. So yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of just this standalone though. I mean, what do you Anthony, with this effect, do you think this effect creates like do you think this effect slows the game down more enough to warrant playing it over like small removal or like the other uninkables and stuff? Like, do you, how much do you think this slows the, down the game in its presence? I don't know because I wasn't even really thinking about it in, in that way. I was thinking about it. You can use it on something that you want to play again. You know? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, dang, using Genie's other effect. Yeah, again, that's yeah. that's ink investment. But I mean. Yeah, dang. I thought I about it in terms of just pure offense. Yeah, I, I look at it as tempo, tempo, mm-hmm. tempo. I yeah. mean, this being a song is the big key thing. I mean, mm-hmm. an action is one thing if you were just paying three, but being able to sing it and play it for free and, like you're saying, bounce something of your own that you want to mm-hmm. reuse because there's tons of effects we'd love to reuse. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Or bouncing one of your opponents. I mean, this is like, I mean, just think about if this is later game and you're bouncing like a six cost back to here, seven cost. Mm-hmm. That is brutal. I think about this in, in terms of Emerald decks that want to see this. It's not the ideal target to sing this, but it's certainly not a bad target. On Emerald, let's say you're going, you know, second and your opponent just took their turn four. And on your turn three, before, beforehand, you played Cheshire Cat. That's exactly you usually what I was want of. to quest with Cheshire Cat because he's got the two piece, but with Mother Knows Best, you can s- sing with Cheshire, return their four cost they just played to their hand, and then still have your own ink to play your own four cost, pretty much time walking them and setting them back a whole turn. Yeah. All it cost you was the two lore potential from Cheshire. There are technically better targets to sing with this, I think. Uh, things that just like primarily have lower lore count, and just have a good body that can take hits. Even something uh, like Lady Tremaine that gets this card back. It's a 1-6, it only quests, or 1-5, yeah. it only quests for one lore. Mm-hmm. The uninkable status of both makes it tough, but in a certain deck where you're like, I just want to keep bouncing things and mm-hmm. getting actions back and just keep bouncing, I mean... Yeah, that would mean that Lady Tremaine is actually good, and it's not. <laughs> it, it only gets better as more actions come yeah. out. That's that's gonna be my statement yeah. forever on it. Because well, if that's the case, should we talk about the fact that there's already a card? Well, yeah, there is a card they spoiled called basically Lady Tremaine's exact ability. It's, Do it's it again. Better. It's a three cost you, uninkable. You know what's even funnier about it, that? Lady Tremaine is on the card. Yeah, it, yeah. It's <laughs> that card will replace Lady Tremaine in a lot of situations. But I will stand firm on. Yes, she's not good for her stats, but like Alex is saying. Sometimes you just want the body and you're willing to put it in the deck even if it's suboptimal because it is a it is a person. It can get support from other characters. It can get the extra strength. It can be something that maybe they come out with some ability that's like death touch in the future. You I never mean, know. Yeah. One it, power doesn't matter if it's death touch power. Exactly. And and the main thing is is just being able to get busted actions back. I mean, if there's mm-hmm. just a card out there and you're a straight control deck, and you're like, well, on I'm going to play this card, and we'll just say it's an inkable card, so it's something mm-hmm. that you can ink. But you can just, I'll play it, and I'll do this to you. Well, now I'll bring it back. And yeah. now you know I have it. So that mm-hmm. that makes you scared to play something. Yeah. You know? Even, this doesn't really count, I, but I guess something like Let It Go, because it is inkable. Mm-hmm. But something like Let It Go, just recurring that card over I, and over. I, I was going to say Dragonfire, but it's not yeah, inkable, got, so it makes I gotta it tough. i got to point out the, the flavor text on this card, because it, it for those of us who have watched basically all of the old-school Disney 
the the context here is harsh. Uh, didn't scrub the terrace, sweep the halls and the stairs, clean the chimneys. And of course, there's the mending and the sewing and the laundry. It's just a freaking long list of <laughs> every the, chore. I'm pretty sure it has the storybook separator on the card. If you look at the, for those watching the video podcast, there is like different lines that separate the action of the text. It's the versus, yeah, the storybook line indicates that that was the actual words spoken in the story. Oh, yeah. So, I just learned something. Yeah, there's ink. Funny there's enough, a, so did there's I. a pen quill, which is saved, I think, for like just whenever they're saying something about it, like it's not a quote from the character. And then on songs, there music is the note, musical yeah. treble note. I didn't, I didn't know the other one was from the book. I knew yeah. that the songs one, but yeah, I mean, I know we kind of talked about two cards right there, um, but they're both pretty good. And I think we're going to go ahead and segue into our next one. And this one's just a favorite. And I just, I'm a big fan of shift characters. Oh, they're so beautiful. So we're going to go with Mickey Mouse, the artful rogue. He's a seven cost uninkable, as a lot of things that have come out are. Six, all in green, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Six, five. And he has shift for five, which is awesome because getting this card out early will be definitely needed. Um, he quests for two lore. And whenever you play an action, chosen opposing character can't quest during the next turn. So it kind of goes in that action. Mm-hmm. Dot deck that we're talking about and locking down your Last opponents. Name. What so. deck runs super low cost stuff? So I'm just going to end up playing that right now. Super low cost actions. <laughs> yeah, specifically su- super low cost actions. But I Steel think it has some good ones. Is mm-hmm. it Amethyst? I think Amethyst has. It's got yeah, Amethyst. Bef- it's got Befuddle. One of the songs, Reflection, they just released, but that's not a good card in my opinion. So let's know the comments. Um, no, yeah. dude, Reflection is no, pretty good. But this Mickey Mouse, I think. Um, I know that it's probably not the strongest card, and there's a lot of competition for uninkables in Emerald. Especially now, at seven cost, it makes you think yeah. twice. You want to sure. use it as it shift, for sure. But I do think that it can be strong in the right deck, and I think that just locking down mm-hmm. opponents from doing what they want to do to win the game. I mean, yeah. even if it's hey, I I'm just I, all I can think of is steel cards right now. But hey, <laughs> I fire the cannons. This maleficent, mm-hmm. I kill it. But you have two because you're a go wide deck. I'm locking that one down next turn to see if I can do something to get it back. So yeah, I don't think it will be a four of in most decks. I think I could see it as like a two. Yeah, I was um, about to say it kind of sits in that same realm as when we initially started playing this game, and uh, it was uh, Hades, the the shift form Hades. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt more like a two of than a top like, end shift form yeah. that's uninkable. It yeah, has similar it's, qualities. Yeah, yeah, it's very very similar qualities. It's to me, you immediately it's the first Mickey we've seen with shift. So obviously this does not make sense in a ruby uh, emerald because you'd be shifting from an eight cost to a seven. You can't shift it on turn five. It's so you got to think yeah. about what colors have Mickey's at lower cost, and also just what colors have Mickey's does. that would definitely want to be shifted on. Amber, amber, tr- true friend is a decent target because it's just a lore battery. Um, a- emerald Emerald's has the steamboat pilot, at which is four. a good one to shift steamboat? on. It's just really? a vanilla. But I think this actually shines most in your Sapphire decks. Because you're going to ramp up to seven. Yeah, You were going to ramp up to seven. It's a little easier to play higher on You don't have to ramp up to seven. You just ramp up to five. Okay, true, true, true. I was just saying that in general, you're trying to ramp. Whenever you're ramping up to higher amounts, you can automatically, with your ramp being uninkable cards, it's a a little more okay to, to pad that uninkable count a little more because they give you the ink that you're so concerned about having. So if you play a Mickey on turn three and get your extra ink, 
it immediately sets you up on turn four to play your ink for turn and then shift for five. Yeah, actually, with that's, this guy that's out. probably the best target. Yeah. So, he's not, the Detective Mickey's yeah. uselessness is and, very low when yeah. he's on and the, the very beauty, limited. The beauty of the situation is, let's say your opponent on their turn five was doing some pretty nasty stuff or turn four, you can immediately sing with him something like Let It Go. Yeah. And you play your action. And, and then you automatically, not yeah. only do you get rid of their card, but you can also choose another character that's already mm-hmm. on the battlefield to say, hey, that's not questing next turn. Yeah, yeah he's it's definitely not one cool. that's going to go in every deck. I mean, like cards like we've talked about, like Genie, it's going to be hard not to play that card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Genie's really good. But, but he will be, hey, I want to build kind of this strategy and two of this at the top end might be perfect just for locking mm-hmm. down certain other things. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it, it's fun. I'm glad to see a shift Mickey because we have a Mickey in every color. So it's really cool. If we ever get a one-cost Mickey, this thing gets even... I mean, that's even gets crazier. Yeah. But the three-cost one is probably perfect spot. You know what makes me sad? Is that we're never going to get a shift form Mickey in red because Brave Little Taylor is an eight-drop. Don't say never. They could I, just release another, highly another five Mickeys. Listen, I think how many Maleficents be, do we have that are we Sapphire? We have five Maleficents. How many of them are oh, Sapphire? Two of them. Two already. Wait, yeah, yeah, two. And that's then we have true. two. That's we true. have one in Ruby, and we have two in uh, Amethyst. So. I could have seen... They just are trying to pick the... Staple character. Yeah. I could have seen Mama Mal being a shift form and having some crazy ability. I could have seen well, it. It'd have been okay. I'm really glad they didn't make Monstrous Dragon uh, a shift form. Though, yeah, I wouldn't fair. have liked that. But I speaking of Ruby that. big cards, uh, the the one of the premier cards of the recent reveals another song. So to follow up on Anthony's trend so far, and not only just a song. Yeah, it's a, a card, song that a I wanted that made wanted. so bad. My favorite <laughs> villain song in my favorite ink color. It is be prepared. It's like they made it for you. I don't you. even have to look at the card to know what it does. It is a seven-cost, uninkable ruby song action, and it says banish all characters. Okay, so you're not looking at the card. What is the flavor text? Oh, God. Okay, well, you're going to beat me there. All Let's right, see. I had to see. Let's I had see. to see. Our teeth and ambitions are bad. Be, be prepared. prepared. Yeah, that's great I, stuff. If you do that, too, I'd be yeah. like, yes, oh. yes, that's see, great. <laughs> I know, yeah, that doesn't fit this the same. This seems more balanced. The one that I was, oh, shut up. <laughs> the one that I was thinking of making definitely was more complex. It definitely was probably better than this card. But if it wasn't what I predicted, I'm glad that it's something we needed. And that is a board wipe, unconditional, reset the game, dog. Not I love it. one-sided either, which I'm very happy yes. with. Yeah, I wanted it more wipes because... If this is one side, it's like, it's free. Yeah. It's a song, you know? It's something to me that I It's one of like, those things where you can quest everything, or quest almost everything, and still have that one up, and then be like, okay, I'm going to sing this. And just yeah, I, I, it's tricky, because you, you want to like think of it in, in terms of what Ruby typically does. Ruby either floods the board with things that are hard to get rid of with evasive, or Ruby tries to ramp an association with Sapphire, and it does its it tries its best to just hold on. So one thing that this card allows you to do in Ruby without the necessity of steel, this card lets you ramp to a target that isn't just, hey, I ramped up to seven and I played an Aladdin heroic outlaw. What are you going to do? And they're like, I'll quest because I can just do that. And you're not really scaring me by making me lose two lore. I already have seven lore on board represented, you know? This lets you say, you better get your job done before I get a seven cost character or seven ink. Because if I get either, you need to know that your whole board is going to get reset. And I bet I have a better top end than you have. Yeah. 
So for sure, the ramp the ramp decks are gonna love this one because they right now with Ruby Ramp, the one that's you know the I guess Sapphire is the only cards that ramp right now, yeah. but that deck's gonna love this because it's you you're getting ahead and then they're kind of getting ahead on like you're saying mm-hmm. questing and lore. Well, this is the ultimate resetter, and yeah. then after this, you drop your Aladdin, and then you're yeah. like, all right, start questing. And I mean, yeah. you're just gonna start taking things out. And it's it's definitely much needed top end for that. Yeah, I think I think too is whenever you think about it as a song, we everybody's okay with playing Seven Ink for this. Everybody's okay oh, with yeah. that. Typically, when you're ramping, if you get an ideal setup, not I won't even say ideal. If you get a playable. You're you're satisfied with it ramp setup. You've typically played at least one one jump ahead. So you're satisfied and with one your care. Mickey. <laughs> so if you've done that twice, it means you are two ink ahead of your opponent, which means you typically could play this on their turn five. You have seven ink, they have five ink, and if on their turn five, usually is whenever they start to really cook, and you're totally okay with losing your Mickey detective. In the in the process of to playing this massive oh, seven sure. cost thing, yeah, it lets them repopulate first, but kind of like with a whole new world, you're you're okay making sure that you can just capitalize on it more. And in this situation, if as a ruby deck, you should be able to capitalize more on a board repopulation. And even even that, you they may not be repopulating first. You may sing this card and then fill your board. Exactly. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. repopulating first. So it the flexibility of it being a song is what makes it yeah. very good. Yeah. What I'm really looking forward to is something that has singer 7. Oh my goodness. I want something that costs that would make Ruby able to play this card in association with non-ramp decks. Yeah. Here's a question for you. I'm just going to toss this out to the group. Would you want to sing with this with the Brave Little Taylor? Like would it just feel really bad? I mean, I know in certain situations you would do it. But you're losing I would four s- lore, and then no. Brave Little Taylor's gone too. No, that's a hard pass. That is. I a know certain situations it's like pass. okay, you have to, or you lose the game. But yeah, it I, would be have to. That hurts. I, it would. I would. I would have to be losing. I mean, like losing. Like next, losing, turn like they, next turn you lose. Next time. Next turn they go into lore, lose. Is, like period. Yeah. No, I. I I couldn't do it. As far as mind games with your opponent, the fact that this card exists, it's very similar to Tinkerbell's effect on the game and grab your sword. The fact that this card exists when the mo- when your opponent sees that you're playing Ruby, they're immediately going to have to second guess. Do I want to vomit my hand onto the table because they're about to have six or seven ink? They could speed out a character that I'm not prepared for. You know, they could they could shift out a, a Mickey Artful Rogue like you just talked about on turn five and automatically sing, be prepared. Am I prepared for that? No. Nope. Because, you know, you then that might mess up their plans. They might play differently, slow row a little bit. And if that's happening, you're happy about it. So For sure. My question for the table is, so we're seeing board wipes. Mm-hmm. We seeing, asked for them. We did. We're seeing um, cards <laughs> that thankful. do two or two damage to all the cards on the table or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing cards that target. So are we going to eventually see something that makes it indestructible or... Immortal or mm. something along those lines. I would love the lines. word immortal. That, that would be, be awesome. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah. It immortalizes the character. So like, I mean, because the more board whites we get, you know, there's got to be an answer because we're yeah. most likely not getting counters. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's Definitely not, a not thing. getting counters. Yeah. Unless it's something like, I don't know, you're deaf next turn or something. Yeah. Or, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't All know if we'll see it. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see it in the first chapter. Yeah, I, I doubt that we'll see it in the first. I I could see it happening in the second. Um, because, At least damage based. Yeah, maybe not like banish all characters, but like 
they don't take damage this turn. Yeah, it's kind of like Hakuna Matata. What I predicted Hakuna Matata would be is I predicted that Hakuna Matata would have been like you don't take damage on your next turn, but I I'm I'm kind of scared of that ability, Anthony, because indestructible in this game like i know i mentioned it as an idea for what hakuna matata could be but uh but I, it is scary there y'all were right to put me on blast last episode or whatever uh whenever i mentioned that just because as a one-sided game where you each take your turns individually you don't want to feel like whenever you take your turn what you're doing is pointless you want to be able to interact. You want to be able to give challenges. You want to be able to ask your opponent questions of like, can you deal with this? Can you deal with this? And if you just sit there with indestructible, you're pretty much saying, I don't care what you're doing. I'm playing solitaire, dog. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the zero interaction between like life totals, you know, like yeah. if I was having to attack you, it'd be a totally different yeah. thing. But so I'm just, just questing. Yeah. yeah. I'm just questing. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, That is well. a huge difference. Thank yeah. you for pointing that so out. So I'm yeah. just questing. So if I give all my stuff indestructible and I quest... And then next turn, I'm like, well, you can't deal with it. Yeah. I'm going to quest again. I win the game. You know yeah. what I mean? So that that being the case is where I think it's too strong. But, but I do think that if they did add it, it had to be a, something along the lines of this card can't quest next turn or oh, something. Yeah. If it's, if it's like punishment. an effect. Yeah. Basically, yeah. it's kind of like uh, in Magic, there's cards like Dark Steel Mutation. Like this becomes a zero one insect that's indestructible, but it loses all abilities. You could even use that card, what you're talking about, like offensively. Like your card cannot be destroyed but it also can never quest while this item is locking it down you know that's interesting it's a cool idea yeah that's really cool cool. idea so speaking of hakuna matata it means no worries it means no worries our next card is a four cost inkable action song um it says remove up to three damage from each of your characters and of course a character with a cost four or more can sing this song and a wonderful phrase exactly (laughs) Exactly. Yes. I, I I don't like this card. I'll be honest. I don't it's inkable. It saves it. But I, I like it. I <laughs> well I think I think it works really well in in bodyguard. Like yeah. because you're you're wanting those bodyguards to take damage and obviously you want them to eventually die if you're trying to like rebuild your hand uh with you know with uh Musketeer Tabard. But being able to go ahead and challenge into things and then take away the three and just having it available to just be like, okay, I took care of your board. Now I'm going to go ahead and just wipe the slate clean a little bit. I got you. So it's used in your, in your mind. It's used with you having all the initiative you're doing. You're doing purposeful damage to yourself and then then cleaning it. I like that better. Because I do not like this card as a reactive card. No, it's not. So, it's not good as a reactive card. I know we've discussed these cards in the past, but like Dinglehopper, how that's been a card that's gone up for you. Yeah, think about so Dinglehopper and think about Coconut Baskets. But think about how it's a song. First mm-hmm. off, it can be sung, so it can be basically by played way, for free by tapping your bodyguards. Sebastian sings this at two, yes, so which is nice. It, the, at turn three, you can already sing this. But it's probably gonna be later. But it I, is I agree that it just like coconut baskets and just like Dinglehopper. I think most of those are something you're doing the damage to yourself, mm-hmm. and then you're healing it off for your turn. So you're you're clearing. It's basically like you're clearing the board with all your bodyguards or whatever you want to yeah. and whatnot, and then you're healing it all off in one big heal. Yeah. I don't think it's amazing. Inkable saves it for sure, 
but I think it's definitely going to have its home. You're you're selling me a little more with the offensive talk. I would say that the difference to bring up just to play a Dingle Hopper's advocate here. The difference between Dingle Hopper and Coconut Baskets in this card for me personally is Dingle Hopper is super cheap and it can be played immediately, but it's also repeatable. Coconut Baskets is totally passive and it's repeatable. So I I can see the value. They're technically needed in different decks because this is like burst healing, like for World of Warcraft they're terms, also, AOE burst. They're, but. they're also individual. Like Dingle Hopper and Coconut Baskets are very yeah, individualized. This is wide healing. This is, yeah. So I just this is a late game card to me. Like it definitely and can Amber. Be. I have yet to see Amber play a late game strategy. It's more of like a mid range strategy, and I like that it heals for three. That's pretty cool. But I have yet to see in my own personal testing board states where I want to mass heal. It's usually like this is soaking up my damage, like bodyguards, for example. Yeah. This is soaking up my damage. This is taking all the hits and I'm healing it while everything else is questing. I don't love the idea of like, I'm going to clear your board with challenges and then heal it all up. That's pretty cool. I mean, you technically could have just played a board wipe if you had the colors for it. Amber doesn't. So it's maybe it's Amber's brand of removal. Yeah. Is do the damage, heal it up. Um, I would just say I just, it's, I'm not a huge it's an okay card. Yeah, it's, it's not okay. amazing, yeah. but I, I would it's consider not this. Anthony, you're the one who picked it as one of your favorites. What is, what is, what, what's your mind gears cranking with this card? I'm, I'm kind of just thinking more along the lines of what Tyler and Alex said. Like, I'm, I'm actively, I'm doing something. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tagging all your stuff down, and then I'm healing mm-hmm. my, I'm burst healing my stuff up. And I also think that you have to look at these cards not as of what's out right now, but yeah. what's to come. Because um, kind of like we never know what's week. coming on mm-hmm. out next, and any of these cards can be vastly, uh, bas- mm-hmm. vastly better or worse. Honestly, well, I mean, it just depends on the. Thank card, you for but. calling me out. On that. <laughs> I'll take my whips. I want to add <laughs> add to Anthony on this as a another resident, huge Lion King fan. The art on this card Ooh. is freaking. Ooh, it, it brings back so yes. many feelings. I mean, them yes. taken straight from the movie, almost the scene mm-hmm. where the song Juan is Diego done. Leon. Hey. Akuna. Hey, what I don't know who you are, but Matata. hey, Juan Akuna. Guadalupe. Matata. It means no worries. So I think uh, our, you weren't singing a Lion King song, but I definitely want to hear what your next card is because it's from my other favorite movie. I would like to point out Disney. that Ravensburger apparently listened to me because you this know is they what developed I developed this card like I, three years ago, right? <laughs> definitely not three, but <laughs> yeah. for a, a while back. But they maybe just, listened and said, huh. <laughs> they, they were like, Mr. Miller, we heard you, and we and we already we, made the we give you we give you what you want. Uh, but no, so I think it was what episode three. I mentioned the fact, like, please, Robinsberger, whatever you do, give me a red Aladdin. Well, the jury is out. It has been it has been judged a lower they cost get, red Aladdin. Yes. Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I yes. Uh, so we got a okay. So we've got Aladdin Street Rat. And it is a three-drop inkable, which I like. Uh, it is a two-two, and then it's got improvise. Uh, when you play this character, each opponent loses one lore, and it it, ha- it has one lore by itself. So, yeah, uh, Al- the Aladdin package is now available for every, every single Ruby. combination. Yeah, I freaking love it. I think it was inevitable because I'm pretty sure every shift character has a character in its same ink that you yeah. can shift yeah. on. 
and I, I'm going back and looking, and that is correct right, yeah. as of right now. So yes. there's just no way I feel like they'd make a shift character unless it's just ultra busted or something. Mm-hmm. A shift character that you couldn't already shift on top to. In the by himself. I personally good. am just really glad that they went this direction. If they're going to do a Lord Denial Aladdin, I'm really glad they just went ahead and made it cost a little more, but made it inkable and understated rather than the Rapunzel strategy of making it like pretty decent stats but uninkable. Um, because you don't care if you're going to shift it what its stats are. You know, you can maximize your on-play effect, and then on the next turn, you can shift it and move on with your life. I'm, I, I've been saying from the very beginning, I love effects like this, and more of these in the mm-hmm. game, the better. Oh, yeah. And I kind of hope that it gets spread across a couple ink colors, maybe yeah. not all of them. Um, I think the Rapunzel definitely could have done two yeah. with it being uninkable. And six cost. Yeah. So yeah. being uninkable, it could have definitely done more, but I could definitely see where we get doing more than just one but the more effective this the better because there's going to be sometimes where like you have no option they're going to win no matter what and draining one lore could be that the thing yeah. you need I and mean, this card you could wipe someone completely out with the the be prepared mm-hmm. and all they need to do is drop one guy down leave him up and the next turn quest would yeah. be nice to be like well mess up you gotta math. do a little bit more yep so that Card effects like this cannot be understated how important they are for this game. It makes me happy. <laughs> I'm honestly, it just makes me happy that we got a, a red low cost Aladdin to go with the the shift form mm-hmm. Aladdin because you know, as much as I love red green and I do, I I I absolutely love ruby emerald. I think it's a great color combination. I just want to be able to put ruby and other things. Dang yeah. it! It feels and bad I, when you're yeah. playing the heroic outlaw and you, and yeah. you can't shift yeah you can't shift I will it. say this too as far Cost as the emerald combination with Aladdin previously before this card came out the emerald Aladdin has ward so in my emerald emerald ruby testing that I've been doing I actually went two and two with this because I want one Aladdin I still I don't want to overpopulate where I have more Aladdins to shift onto than I actually have to shift with right but I also don't want to commit fully to just the ward one and Emerald, Ward is really good because it pretty much guarantees if you don't quest with him or challenge with him, like, he's going to be fine. He will be there when you need to shift onto him. Right. But this one not just opens up Ruby with other combinations. This one actually gives you, while he's open to a fire of the cannons, essentially, he still gives you something that he does because the other one, it literally could be the same exact thing but be a zero one. Because well, you don't use it. At yeah, all. but grab your sword and stuff like that hits both of them. I think that's, you can play yes, this. That's so, true, so, actually. And then Tinkerbell, if it was a zero one, Tinkerbell would knock it out, which would be horrible. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> in most situations, yeah. though, between turns against two and steel five, decks, you're going to be a little shaken in your boots. Yeah. But I, other I, decks, you're going to be like, it's okay. I think the combination that this card really works with probably the best is uh, is uh, Ruby Sapphire. Oh yeah, uh, I'm going to talk about that later. Oh, well, dang, I'm going to beat you to it then. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, for real, I think I think the combination of giving this card ward, like obviously, like the so the green one having ward yeah, it's strong. Just strong by combo. itself is really good, but giving this card ward while also kind of having that ability to kind of move into it, that's, that's pretty good. It yeah. just is. Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to talk about one other red, ruby card before we move on to Alex with the last one. Yeah, buddy. This ruby card was something revealed fairly early after our last episode, but it is a another one-cost card. I'm really loving these cheap cards. A one-cost ruby action cheap, that's inkable called Fan the Flames. 
And essentially, it gives the Moana ability to something where you ready a character and they can't quest for the rest of the turn. And this is one of the cards that I had to take a second look at. Like, immediately you see ready this character, you think, okay, you ready them? That means I can use them twice for stuff, right? Then you see they can't quest this turn, and it immediately limits your possibilities in your head. Like, okay, I can't double quest. Doesn't sure. matter. But what this card does is it opens up a combo, and it opens up actual aggressive strategies, not just with Mulan. Did somebody say combo? Yeah. So Mulan and Aladdin both require the ability to challenge and banish. Typically, you're you're only going to get one out of them because whenever you open them up, they're going to get the crack back and they're going to get removed. This allows you for the price, for the low, low price of one card, you can double up that effect and maximize the usefulness. Yes, you're probably going to get the character banished in the process, but at least you got them banished with a second benefit of lore theft or lore pumping with Mulan. But the other usefulness for this that I think is majorly slept on, you can ready an opponent's bodyguard. Mm. And it allows you to open up their bodyguard where their bodyguard can no longer protect their board. So if they were sitting on that goofy musketeer and letting their, letting their Lilo sit behind it and quest freely because you weren't going to chew through that six willpower, I'm going to fan the flames, homie, and that Lilo is making a wish to stay alive because... It is not gonna work. I didn't even think That's about so it dope. from the yeah. offensive perspective of like obviously there is an offensive per- perspective of like your own cards being readied and, and doing yeah. things, but I never thought of it in the secondary offensive perspective mm-hmm. of being able to ruin your opponent's mm-hmm. uh, gameplay. Like that's ooh, that's so that's dope. Some, that's some next question. level thinking, sir. I have a question about this card, and I'm we sure might the have period an will will give the answer. Can I choose any character, even if it's not exerted, and just make it not quest? So would it stop like those lore battery characters as well? Well, it only lasts until end of turn. Uh, until so, end of turn. That's yeah. okay. Exactly. Yeah. So that that answered the question. <laughs> yeah. But um, what, one rules question I'm still wondering though myself is: Can I quest with a character and then use this on them? Because technically, I guess it says quest for the rest of the turn. Yeah. No. Yeah. You definitely yeah, can do fine. that. You definitely can. Because I know that. it's like sometimes in like Magic and Yu Gi Oh, like whenever it's like you can't do this. If you had already done it, then it's yeah. technically an illegal target or whatever. But yeah, I, th- I would I would guess you can probably no one hundred percent. You ready it and they can't quest. Just like you said with the yeah. Moana ability, well, with, you with, quest all the time with yeah, with the princesses. True. Then you yeah. ready them up that's where true. they're not damaged. That's true. So one other thing with this card is I just want to highlight. We we mentioned the combo a second ago with Mulan. I don't think people realize they think like yeah I know you can double up Mulan, but the math how that works is gonna be really imagine. Good. If you could devote two cards, and if they have just two characters on the opponent's board with four willpower or less, which is not that hard to see in the early game, you can just have one other character out, and you've essentially created an extra two lore. Most characters are going to have two lore max at that point in the game. So with this one card, it essentially did, in the Mulan situation, let that character quest twice. It doubled your lore. And you add a second extra character or a third, the math gets nuts where you have like a one cost, a two cost, a three cost, and then Mulan. This is your fourth card filler. Evasive you can start to characters get, love this. I, yes. I can't, oh I can't believe gosh. I'm going to say this, but I'm going to go ahead and eat my crow now. Um, so uh, Mama Aurora. 
Yeah, no, that's a really good card. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and eat my crow now because I'm looking at the combinations here of the what Ruby and Sapphire are talking together. about Dreaming Guardian. Yeah, so people specifically are Dreaming Guardian. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> it's because we, we talk about Mama yeah, Mal. There's no other. There's you no, talk you about talking Mama. about it. No, no. Baby Mal is what people say. People don't always say Mama. It, because it's the bigger version. It's I got you. So I get you. I'm not saying I don't understand you. I'm just saying people we don't we don't say. Okay, what you're saying, fine, you know? fine, fine. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no. Uh, I I think Aurora Dreaming Guardian makes a lot of what these specifically Ruby. I think the Saf the the Ruby Sapphire deck is just getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think yeah the mid range the the mid range thought process there is still really solid, but just everything else of what it's doing it's the protection that it's giving ruby that yeah. ruby kind of already has an evasive yeah. but it's kind of creating this now invisible wall that your yeah. opponents are having to look at and be like i can't stop that mulan from doing what it's about to yeah. do yeah early on in reveals we had a lot of amethyst and amber reveals together so a lot of people built amber and amethyst and a lot of the conclusion was well this is a great color combination how would you beat this color combination easy and who would have thought when you give Ruby more cards, Ruby gets better. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we needed so many more cards. Yeah. No-brainer. Absolutely no-brainer. Well, what is the final favorite we have okay, here? So What's your is, top card? This is my top card, and I was very excited to see this one revealed. It is Ursula's Shell Necklace. Three-cost, uninkable, and it's a it's an item card. Now you card. sing is the ability of the item, and whenever you play a song, you may pay one and draw a card. So to me, that is bonkers. Songs already have so much value being able to be sung for free, which mm-hmm. lets you keep your ink back. So you can sing the song for free, keep your ink back, use it to draw a card. And mm-hmm. the song decks out there are just getting more and more exciting to play. Anybody feeling a. And they a, needed some draw a power. Song, it's like specifically a song item deck. Like I, I actually made something on Lorcania.com. A deck I called it. It was a princess deck, but I also called it princesses. Let's just try something crazy, and it's an item slash song princess theme deck. Which we'll see if it works. I'll test it later. But but this just being able to stack on the extra value to a song card is is unbelievable. Draw power in this game is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've played tested at all, it's very easy to run out of cards. Yes. So and amber is one of the easy. colors that can do it the easiest because there's a lot yeah. of. Uh, Characters that you can play quickly and being able to just tack on the extra value, drawing more cards. It is, makes every song great. have the ability to replace itself. Exactly. It's not and like Amber Steel needed is, help to draw cards, but they're yeah. giving it help to draw well, cards. Amber Amethyst got a really uh, cool setup, and oh, um, yeah. it's it's something interesting. It's a ruling that got specified with this card. When it says whenever you play a song, you may pay one to draw a card, you technically... Uh, in cooperation with like be our guest, the question came up: Okay, do I have to commit to pay the ink before I see the cards from be our guest? Well, the ruling came in, and you get to resolve the song before you have the choice to pay an ink. Yeah, because I think everything that you play, you choose the order in the game. Yes. So you, if something's triggered at the same time, you choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get to with be our guest in this card. You get to say, "I'll sing this for two. I'm going to look at the top four, and then I'm going to put this in my hand." And now I know that with those three cards on the bottom, I didn't want to draw those anyway, so odds are I'm going to want to draw another card on top of this. Draw it. 
bring it up. Or with the new Reflection song with Mulan. You said that's it a, was one. bad. It's not a good card. I don't like it's it. It's good with But this. I can still say with this, yeah. as a one-cost inkable song, to look at the top three cards of your deck and rearrange them in any order, you can say, ooh, I'll make it a two-cost card. And then I'll just draw a card from it. I think if, if uh, I've from learned, my choosing. I think if I've learned anything from specifically from Magic is that top deck manipulation is actually it's very good, especially when it's, it's when it's low cost. It's good. The problem is it is probably the least tempo play you can have because it affects the board none. It affects your resources none. It literally is you are just saying, I'm banking on the future because yeah. I, I need to see those cards. But, but here's the thing. If you're if you're playing into it though, like if it, it yeah, if you're strictly yeah, if you're if you're strictly better, looking sure. looking at it from the perspective of like it's not affecting anything that I'm doing just up front then sure but if you're looking at it from the perspective of okay I have a card in my hand that lets me draw and I have another card in my hand that lets me look at the top 3 if the top 3 on on you know on my deck are either garbage or at least one of them is half decent and allows me to draw through some of the the garbage that's on top mm-hmm. of my deck. I want to be able to draw. If that you see card. a friends on the other side of the third card, you yeah. can put it on top. Then you put then it on top it and you just draw draw through it. I get it. Yeah. So it's 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 good. It, I mean, of course, it's not reflection. We're yeah, not going to say I, it's a busted card. No, yeah. just, I, it, I, everything has its. I use. think it has its value. I just don't the 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 problem I have with it. The core problem is not that its effect is bad necessarily it's that what does putting song on a card really help you with it lets you save ink right but reflections only cost one so you're really only saving one ink like i don't think i would ever tap a one cost unless it was like a one three maybe i'd use an olaf for that sure maybe i'll sing with olaf and forego the one lord to sing a reflections and not have to use the one ink but most most games i'd rather I'll just pay the one. Unlike Magic, I'll pay the one, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, you know, in tandem with this Ursula Shell's necklace, yeah, draw. The, it, the, draw it's, it's draw. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and on top of that, it's cheap draw. Yeah. Because you're, you're if you sing the card, then you're leaving yourself open to be able yeah. to pay the one into it. But at the same time, if you went ahead and paid the one, you're only paying two yeah. to not only look at the top three cards of your deck, but to draw the one that you want. Well, I'm going to I'm going to ask the table the same question I kind of asked earlier about your Musketeer's Tabard. What is the critical mass of songs you want in your deck where you say I am going to put Urs- first of all, how many do you think you need to put Ursula's Shell Necklace in your deck? And then second, how many do you think you need to max out Ursula's Shell Necklace? In I don't your think deck? it's nearly as many as as the Tabard. I I think easily you could see 8 and and mm-hmm. and feel like at least either three. I wouldn't go any. I wouldn't go to four. I think yeah. three is is a solid number. Maybe even two. But I think at three, if you've got eight songs, I think it's well worth the investment to go ahead and put it in there. Okay, Alex, Anthony, I'd say around twelve. Still, I mean, I have twelve songs in that princess theme deck. Yeah, princess item song one. I have four Ursula, no, three Ursula shell necklaces, and I have 12 songs in it. I think that's still a solid number. I mean, of course, the more the better. I'm just trying to think of the minimum. Yeah, what would, no, I what think would get I, you there? It's kind of close for me. I think two and eight sounds really good. Two, two mm. necklaces, eight songs in the deck. That's like the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but after that, if I, I don't know if you ever play four, 
It, just I don't de- think it, it depends four. if you have the slots. If you have uninkable slots, you're like, yeah, go I for can it. toss another one yeah. in. It's just getting harder to do that now. Shell necklaces will help you see I more shell necklaces. I think three is the sweet spot number, and I think if you really want three, I think it's got to be closer to 12. Right. 10 yeah. can maybe yeah. do it. Maybe. Eight, I, eight. I, yeah. I think 12 it's might possible. actually be the number and because you're you're devoting at least uh, like a quarter of your deck to yeah. exactly. just Exactly. I think they're going to be close. As yeah. the tabard. The tabard, gotta, we said 12 which is for yeah. four. Mm-hmm. I think 12 and you want three of these yeah. for sure. I don't know if you need the fourth, but I mean, heck, if you're an amber and that's your only draw and you don't have any other draw, like you don't mm-hmm. have amethyst, you don't have steel. You don't have stitch. You know, much. You're not a stitch yeah, deck. maybe you're not yeah. playing stitch. Somebody say stitch. Maybe you just, you toss the extra one in there because you need to see that card. Yeah. You need at least one on the board. So depending on the deck, it definitely could be moved up the, to four, but 12 only, is the number for three to four. Yeah, I think once you pass 12 and you get to the 16 range, that's gravy. when you would put four. Yeah, great. Just because you definitely want to see the shell necklace before you see a critical mass of yeah, song. Yeah, exactly. Um, the way I thought about this card was, am I okay paying three ink to do nothing? And the answer sometimes is no, but, and more often than not, this is going to be a later game strategy because you're not going to play songs until you have a board developed anyways. Um, if you can weave in because you know you're playing against a slow deck, throw it out on turn three. Who cares? But um, if you're okay with paying three ink to do nothing, you kind of have to think of it as like total ink investment for cards gotten. You play one song, you've technically made this a four cost draw one. You play two songs, you've made it a five cost draw two. Where is the threshold that it's like just getting really good? And I think it's that third song. You've invested six total ink spread over turns and you've gotten three extra cards out of it. Pretty pretty nice. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. So one thing I want to one little topic, a quick main topic here. I'd say main topic, but it's so kind close of a minor to the, ex, exit topic. Yeah. yeah, it's an exit topic. As far as decks that were really really helped by these reveals, there are plenty of cards that we did not bring up today, but a lot of them were just kind of felt a little less spicy for us as individuals. But what kind of strategies would you say got helped the most? Or hurt the most if you're thinking like what strategies got a got a big ding and like their viability in your opinion, um, because some sometimes a card comes out like whenever grab your swords came out and you were like oh crap, yeah. all the rock star decks are gonna be like, yikes don't like that. So yeah, what decks just because I don't like it doesn't mean that I don't think it's and good. what decks kind of got hurt or either or in your opinion, Tyler, do you have one? Uh yeah, so I think the the I think the one deck that probably got the most help is the deck that I've been saying that I'm going to play since the beginning. And that's Amber steel specifically in bodyguard tribal. I think bodyguard tribal got easily the most help. Uh, I think with tabard, I think So what kind of cards came out? I'm thinking like with Hans is really good. I I think Hans is a control card where you're still doing everything that you want to do. Uh, while questing, but also being able to deal with the board is really solid. I think Akuna Matata, at least personally for me, is a really good card to be able to kind of regain some of that that love that that you know that your bodyguards are going to be taking. Mm-hmm. Tabard is literally one of the best cards that I've seen in this yes, game thus far. It's it is very so good. so good. I think the synergy. I, I think giving a a bodyguard tribal deck. A, a card that really helps it be its best was always going to be good. Same thing with princesses having their own like kind mm-hmm. of semi princess tribal in uh, in amber sapphire. I think that's that's obviously you know that continues to get better as yeah. other cards get released. And to be fair too, as far as like the general 
deck ideas. I think a lot of steel decks got a huge boon this week with reveals yes. purely because they got whole new world for, for mass draw. If you're aggressive or even if you're not playing musketeers, you know that steel is going to get more bodyguards in the future. I would like to you point know? out. So I think now stuff. with a whole new world, I think we're starting to look at the possibility that it's going to be possible to deck out. Maybe like if you're playing it, multiple. It, that'd if, be a, you'd have to commit. Yeah. But I think you could do it. I, I think it's, I think it's slowly but surely becoming a real possibility that it, you could possibly deck yourself out. Relative, yeah. and I wouldn't say relatively quickly, but I I think it's it's getting much much easier yeah. to do. Let us know in the comments. I'm not sure if I've seen an official rule about deck out. I know in the comprehensive rules they'll definitely bring this up, but I don't remember if in the quick start rules they mentioned a loss from deck out. I think if you if you are able to deck yourself out, you should. In Lorcano, you win. <laughs> yeah, because you've made it. You've made it to the oh, end of the book. Oh, I guess yeah, but the story means that you lost. <laughs> That's what the story says. Nah, okay, whatever. Well, I, I want to bring up one deck archetype that I think has gotten massively helped, and that is ramp decks in general. Oh, gosh. Particularly, it helps those ramp decks bridge that mid-range gap. Like, a lot of decks, with the way ramp decks were before, with, like, the fan, like when they didn't have Fan the Flames, when they didn't have Aladdin to help shift a Heroic Outlaw earlier, when they didn't have things like Maleficent Uninvited to, like, be that five turn five lore battery threat when they didn't have those ramp decks struggled not only against aggro but also against mid-range decks because both of right. those archetypes were technically too fast for ramp ramp needed late game to be viable and since the game has slowed down by the presence of board wipes with be prepared by the presence of like three lore characters earlier on in the game yeah it lets them start to say, like, just being yeah, thing. I played my two ramp spells on turns two and three, and now I'm ready to start clocking you. I'm good now. Like, I can start putting threats down earlier than I had before. And to follow them up, I have even heavier threats. So go ahead and remove these. Don't worry about the stuff coming after. It makes things way more viable to, like, use ramp as a strategy. And early on, I was scared of playing Mickey Mouse at four, detective at least, and for one jump ahead, and then adding more uninkables, I'm actually kind of toning back that rhetoric a little bit. Like, one jump ahead and Mickey Mouse, I don't want to top deck them. That's a problem. But we're seeing top deck happen less often with more card draw. And I definitely am okay with the idea of thinking, like, they got you the ink you cared about, so you're good. Don't yeah. worry about them being uninkable quite as much. So No, I agree. Um, for me, I think... I'm going to go the opposite way. I think the biggest loser right now is aggro. I think we got a lot I think it got of control lot. pieces in the past two weeks. Yeah. Um, even with little things like the Aladdin we talk about, slowing down aggro by draining one from their opponent or taking one away. Um, stuff, I mean, the removal, like be prepared, wiping the board, and... Other things, we, just the Hans pinging for one. There's just yeah. multiple cards that control has gotten more and more and more of. Yeah. That has made where aggro is just going to keep getting slowed down. Um, I, aggro does have a lot. They got a lot real early on with a lot of these mm -hmm. like Lilos and the Baby Maleficent that we keep referencing. Both of those are still great cards, but control and mid range and long game are both getting a lot of weapons, and aggro is definitely getting hurt a lot by these weapons. Yeah. I think the only good thing with aggro uh, is the fact that aggro has 
a combination that not many other decks have, and that's Stitch Rockstar. Mm-hmm. I think the you know the low low to the ground decks are where you're going to see a lot of like smaller things. I I think Stitch Rockstar makes those aggro decks just a little bit better because as much as yeah because you need him he becomes Mm -hmm. a necessity he's not a okay well i i guess if i have to fit him in there then fine no he becomes this is the card that's this is the setup that's going to get me to the late game that's kind of my my problem with it though is he is the need they need you almost have to mulligan for him they need something else though because i mean right now he shifts on top of a two cost stitch well swords takes care of that right Mm -hmm. another thing is if he is your need the opponent knows that yeah oh for so, sure so i mean the more and more games you started yeah. play testing the more times fire the cans came off on stitch the yeah. more times everything else happened so him being the known threat and the control decks go and go yeah. well i got this one off uh dragon fire i know exactly where i'm putting it i'm gonna yeah. hold it in my hand until you play that stitch mm-hmm. you're gonna play him and i'm gonna pop it yeah. i mean so yeah they need something else to help them a little bit, I think. I don't know what it is yet. We got our board wipes. We got a lot of the damage we were saying that needs to be in the I game to to stop them. But I think they need to have some sort of other, like you're saying, card advantage engine yeah, type thing because they just burn do, out fast. I think you could do a low to the ground, uh, low to the ground bodyguard build where you have, you know, the the bigger stuff is really kind of at three. And then the other just stuff that hyper aggressive, yeah, just just going like super aggressive. Like the the one thing that yeah. that you want to see but, is just having Hercules at three, and and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. just something that protects it. You could play more uninkables in a build like that too, because you would you really would just be able to stop ink at five. Yeah, because you're because like you're cycling through the mass majority yeah. of your, mm-hmm. uh, of your just those builds stuff. need draw power more than anything. Yeah, I mean and, I know we have the tabard for, with the bodyguards and no stitch. I just. I and get with, worried that with a card like be prepared that's fast. gonna like that's just gonna wipe the board, it banishes your bodyguards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you draw. you're you're going yeah. to draw from every single every mm-hmm. single one of those bodyguards that dies. Valid point. So like it's great. You wiped my board. I also just refueled my entire hand. So Exactly. And I don't I don't think aggro's a bad strategy now. I just think with all the reveals it has taken it's a taken big a hit. massive hit. It's, it's taken it a has. big hit. It's still a good strategy. Right. It's it's gonna be what aggro is in every game. You're gonna either win by turn three, four, five, six, or you're gonna lose the game. Yeah. I mean, they, there's almost no comeback. They either get to the point where they can slow you down just enough to win, or you're gonna just beat it really fast. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So one deck that I think is getting gradually better is items. Um, honorable mention to break and if it's not bro- broke. So you know, if it's not broke, broke. <laughs> don't fix it. So like we have, we have not only did we get like items like Ursula's necklace and Musketeer's tabard, but we we got these actions. Break yeah. banishes a chosen item. If it's not broke, return an item from your discard to your hands. Um, we're slowly just getting more and more things item-wise, so that just adds yeah. to the item count to add to the item deck. I would, yeah, I would say the Scepter of Arendelle, the card I brought up, was like the biggest boon to item slingers ever. Oh, for sure. Because the two cards people think about the most when they think about, um, or technically three now, when they think of items, Bell, she redu- she, when she quests, yeah. she reduced the cost of an item by one. Not just making that free, also saying like 
I'm, I know I'm going to quest. I want to. So I'm going to go ahead and give my two strength to something else. Like you said, Maurice, he go, he's going to quest to reduce the next cost of an item by two and to make it when I, when I play an item, I draw a card. If he's going to quest, let me give his two strength somewhere else. And lastly, what's the most popular item synergy card that we all think about? Ariel. Yeah. She wants Easily to quest because she's going to re-ready up. So all of the item central cards care about questing. So why not have a one cost item? And support that helps stacks, with doesn't it? So you don't want to like you can't give support to a character that already has support. But if you give Ariel, who's it collector, the one on board support, and she quests again after she's readied from playing that it, part stacks. That part stacks. So hypothetically, let's say you have two scepters. She quests the this first time because really you want to get. She quests the first time because you want to get the the lore out of it, and you want to get her ability to trigger. You spend one ink to play a scepter. She readies. You exert the scepter, give her support. She quests again. Give her three strength to something else. Play your second scepter. She readies up. She already has support. It you doesn't have to that. be a scepter. It could yeah. be any other item. Play any other item. Yeah. She has support again. Quest again. Give her three strength to the same thing. My God. You can make it's, it where a two-cost character... It's be so good. You can literally use your goons in that scenario <laughs> and take out a Maui. Because Can I, can I put anything yeah. else in there? Can it, does the, it have to be Seriously, goons? though. Like, listen, you can add so much strength from support stacking that Ariel, like, oh my God, it's it's crazy. So yes, I wholly agree, Anthony. Items- Items got a big bump. Banish is an item killer, but I don't think everyone's going to want a main deck break. It's awkward because until they come out with more items that are like absolute must plays, like again, we don't know the meta. We don't know what right. it's going to settle out as. But that break is a card that you're like, okay, if Ariel's popping off, I'm main deck in four breaks. And, and, and the beast. You know? You'll throw the, the beast. beast that kills. Yeah, beast is like better than And that kind of comes back into a different conversation that I would love to do a different video on is side decking. Like the, With the viability. Yeah. Of it. I think I want to talk about that whenever we get a chance to talk about rotation too. Yeah, like just competitive sure. viability of the game and stuff like that. We have that. so many good topics. Guys, there's so, so many yeah, so, so many Right now topics. it's Carterville heavy. Because yeah. we know there's going to be a lull yeah. after we get Thanks all the Thanks for giving us so many cards to yeah. talk about. And there's going to oh be there's going to be so many good topics. We have so many saved and ready to roll. So y'all definitely yeah. can be excited about the podcast. Honorable mention to Prince Philip. Yeah, my OG. I, I also do want to say that even though it is card reveal heavy right now, we are receptive to what the audience wants. We're trying to make the card reveal discussion a little more in depth and deck centric because we know that you already see the cards whenever you watch our YouTube posts you already see the cards when you see our Twitter shout we're out to the Twitter follow we're the Twitter we're discussing on Twitter too I mean yeah. we're posting all the time and yeah, in the definitely comments discussing follow Twitter follow our Twitter at ready set draw TCG every time a card is revealed you will see it from our channel we're going to be discussing it I typically don't like to post the card and just say new card I usually post the card and say like here there's are my initial yeah, thoughts there's a discussion about yeah it. For and sure. so if you want to discuss with us the card stuff, like please follow the Twitter because you're going to get a lot of engagement there outside of our engagement with the YouTube comments. But speaking of engagement with the community, we do want to bring up one quick mailbag question. We got it from Sugi, our previous guest of Lorconicast. It's our man. He asked a quick question that wasn't so card-centric because he knew we'd cover cards. Um, he says, do you think we will see heavy non-inkable decks turn Lorcana into Magic the Gathering? where you have to draw a land card in order to play your above carve cards or else lose tempo. So he's thinking like, as uninkable count builds, maybe people just play 
heavy uninkable decks and then just say like I don't care about my inkable cards being a card I care about them being a land because these uninkable cards are so much better right so I am on team no I don't <laughs> think we're gonna see that and my biggest I think it's a great question Suki first off because it definitely made us made us think about it a little mm -hmm. bit but my uh my initial thought is if you did that you would not be on an even playing field in Lorcana. Yeah. In Magic, you're on an even playing field because everyone has that same issue. But in Magic, the absolute worst thing to me is getting mana screwed. And when yeah. you're mana screwed and the whole table, especially in Commander, isn't, yeah. you're having a bad time. I wish that on nobody. Because mm -hmm. I, I always oh, tell yeah. everybody, and My these guys enemy. <laughs> attest to this 100%. And we all kind of feel this way. As long as our deck did our thing and we lost, no one gets really salty anymore. I mean, I used to. We used to, but now wrong. I'm like, as long as Still. I don't get mana screwed, I don't really care. And then when you're building your deck to the point where that's an option and the other t other people aren't, you're at a very disadvantage. Now, to your point, there also could be where the cards are just so strong, where they balance for that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it will get that way because Ravensburger is really trying to balance the uninkables. I mean, they've, mm -hmm. they've tend to be, some of them are very good cards, but some of them are like recursion pieces. Yeah. And... That they're doing that on purpose because if they were inkable, then you could recur it, yeah, ink it if you needed it. Mm -hmm. So they're definitely doing that on purpose. And the draw, a lot, some of the draw support has been and ramp, and ramp has so been a uninkable. The, a lot of like what I've noticed because there's no really there's no true pattern to what's uninkable or not. Yeah, but what I've noticed the pattern I can try and discern from it is a lot of the uninkable cards are either cards that are unfun to play against if paired with other strong strategies. And things that make your deck flow way too easily, like it's those two checklists. But the, to the first point, they don't. They might not want you playing a bunch of ramp and a bunch of recursion all in the same deck. They might not want you playing genie and lady Tremaine in the same deck because they know that there's bouncing actions and that that's also uninkable. Like they don't want you playing all of that in one deck because it would be. They know balance wise, is for an emerald deck, it's not going to be fun to play against. So. They want to kind of limit how much uninkable you can actually push, but if in Suki's scenario, I don't, I don't see the game getting to that point. But I do see the game as a critical mass of card draw cards come out. It's gonna get more uninkable. Like we're gonna build to your point too, where you you just kind of made me think of it. I'm playing devil's advocate to myself, mm -hmm. but ramp. Yeah, the uninkable ramp is inking your cards. Mm -hmm. So whether or not if you, you had if you had a four cost that took the top two of your deck and put them into the ink, I'd play or the five costs or something mm -hmm. like that, whatever the number is, and it's uninkable, you're like, hmm, that just ramped me up. I mean, once you hit a certain threshold, you don't have to ink anymore. So mm -hmm. the lower the lower the cost, the more it can grant you ink like ramp. It, there's there's a scenario where anything can happen, yeah. but I don't think we'll get there anytime soon. I think they want that to be the balancing act of this game. So mm -hmm. kind of like the fact that we're not going to see Kingdom Hearts, at least for a little bit. <laughs> it's a meme. It's a meme at this point. <laughs> Ready, set, live with well, Kingdom Hearts. Well, memes, if you were watching this, <laughs> yes. feel free to put something in yeah, the comments Put Tyler below. and Anthony on blast for us. <laughs> I do want to bring up one real quick. I w I'm glad I checked. Nick Gagalis did say one thing. However, I think we answered his question throughout the rest of the show. His question was, what appears to be an underrated color combination that recently got a great card or two? I think I can speak to like, other than like the ramp, the deck archetypes we talked about, in, typical, in general, Emerald got a lot of new cards recently. 
but specifically, Emerald got a lot of villains recently. So I think an archetype that did not exist before that exists now oh. is Amber Emerald getting Hans, the green three lore character, oh, getting Duke of Weaselton, um, getting that villain, uh, getting what we see is like subtly villain support with like Stampede and Vicious Betrayal, like two bad action, uh, not bad cards, but like evil action Fairly style Emerald cards. Yeah, I mean, Nothing yeah, super not busted good. that we saw. Yeah. So that's but there kind are of more underrated. villains. Yeah. Like it's underrated because Emerald Amber wasn't really a combination that ever really, I didn't see much of it, but now I with don't these think cards, anybody really saw much of it. Yeah, I think Sugi made a deck for it like early, early on. But other than that, like I, it wasn't, people when it aren't leaned on it. just questing with Cheshire Cat. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, this is a, that's a combination that I'm like, this is definitely better than it was yeah. before. I think it's going to be mostly Emerald because the, there's not a, tr- the, there are there a couple. There were 11 cards before the, this week. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's very few Amber villains besides Hades. It's just Hades. Yeah, it's literally. just Hades. So unless they show me more villains in, in Amber, I, I, I would say that it's going to be an Emerald deck with a splash of Amber. With yeah. the splash of Hades. Yeah, and speaking of villains, it's just Emerald Amethyst. Emerald has four villains now, and Amethyst has five. So that's it's it's getting Gross. pretty good. You got plenty of villains cropping up for if you if for you're sure. not going to use the Hades situation, you can still use you know, oh yeah other tribal stuff. But all right, that's going to wrap up the show. I think we had a really great discussion. Hopefully, you garnered yeah, it's some been great some input from our conversation on how it can affect your testing and your deck dreams you build up in your own mind. And just think, if we did every card, it would be double the amount of time this is right now. Oh, yeah. We're <laughs> sitting at an hour and a half, everybody. Maybe yeah. even more. <laughs> it, it could have easily been. It yeah, could have been a boat. Does anybody Sasha. have any, any, any other thoughts before we wrap up? No. Nah. No, nah, I think we're good. Thanks again, guys, for listening to Ready, Set, Live. If you could, like and share the content and subscribe to the channel, as well as hitting that notification bell for updates on when we post new content. Don't forget to leave a comment as we check for any questions that you guys might have, as well as things to add to our mailbag portion of the podcast. And who knows, maybe your question will be answered in the next episode. And thanks again to Texarkana Podcast Studio for their contribution in making this episode possible. As always, this is the crew from Ready, Set, Draw, ending our turn.